0: Oh my, how good it feels to be back with all my friends and even some of my enemies. Pablito, let's start this season off with a little bit of happiness. Breathe a fresh air of sunshine and get ready for the fun. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Mike is Always Right podcast. I am so glad to be back with all of you, to be back recording episodes. We took a little bit of time off in the month of September. Uh, Pablito took a vacation, right? You and Rosalinda got away for a little bit. That's good. A little little vacation for the soul. Did you guys take the kids? No, you did not take the kids. Pablito shaking his head. We did not take the kids. Well, awesome. It's. It's so good to be back with you. Let me kind of just bring you up to speed on everything that's going on. Let's kind of get everything out there and then let's get to our topics of the day. So, made the decision to take a little bit of time off in September, take a little bit of a vacation, if you will. We had an amazing event in August. We had the Protect Our Children event. And I cannot tell you, you know, you you do an event, you plan something, and it's the first time you're ever doing it, you don't know what's gonna happen, you prep, you pray, you put invitations out, you talk to people, you, you go to other events to pump your event and you do all this stuff and you never really know how it's going to go. And I was blown away. I was blown away not only by the, the people that came, but I was blown away with their hunger. I was blown away with their desire. I was blown away seeing a lot of different types of people. So there were not only parents in the audience, uh, you know, moms and dads, there were single moms, there were single dads, there were elderly couples that were grandparents. Uh, there was a lot of, of, of diversity there. It was a very good event. Uh, St. Croix County Sheriff spoke. Scott Knudsen did a great job. We had the Department of Justice from Wisconsin come out, Agent Pollard came out and had some good information and uh, then we finished off the night with fierce freedom and and really really cat did a great job uh, you know really bringing it home with how we need to prepare our children what we need to look for how groomers groom and what they do so uh, you know from the bottom of my heart thank you to everybody I know this was a while ago we did the event but I just wanted to say thank you I wanted to say uh, as a leadership team so some of the folks that helped me with this event uh, not only the help me uh, financially but help me plan it Um, we've done a series of debriefs we've done a series of deep dives into what we think went good what we think could go better and the direction we want to take this event this is an event we're planning on doing every year this is an event we're planning on doing and building that momentum and so just stay tuned for that because I'm super excited, they're super excited, and there seem to be a genuine hunger and a genuine desire to make a difference, especially here in St. Croix County, Pierce County, Dunn County, to really, really make a difference in Western Wisconsin to protect our children. So, great event, really, really excited, really looking forward to it next year. Um, so much going on, you know, we got through the... Uh, the primaries on the Republican side, we we've known what the Democrats are going to do uh, for quite some time. You know, nobody was going to run against uh, against Tony the Tiger. Uh, nobody was going to run against Josh Call. We just knew that uh, there was a, a you know kind of a flipping of the of the coin. Who you were going to get uh, to face off against Ron Johnson? Now we know, of course, it's Mandela Barnes, and he is doing everything he can to fall on his face, which I think is hilarious. Um, I don't know about you, but has anybody else gotten, and Bobby does shaking his head because he knows where I'm going with this, has anybody got the text messages, hey, it's Mandela, and I'm I'm sorry, when I read things, like when I get an email from the Trump campaign, I always, in my mind, read it in his voice, Michael, it's going to be great, we're going to make this country great again, like I always hear it, you know, in that particular person's voice, so, you know, Mandela Barnes, hey, it's Mandela, and, you know, we're going to do this, and and we're not hitting our goals, but we need three bucks, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, Mandela, you're not getting a dollar out of me, partner, I just think you are absolutely batshit crazy. Um, so, yeah, we made it through the uh, the primaries on the Republican side, and I can tell you this, if you know, then you know what happened should not have shocked you, right? So I, I there there's a great balance of people, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other, or that, you know, somehow there is a a masterful insight that I have. But one of the things that I can tell you I have been very, very fortunate to do is I have always been attracted to politics. I've always been attracted to the messaging on the right, the messaging on the left, what to independence, how do they play in. And we're talking about going back as, as early as, really to me, the 88 election, um, you know, when we're looking at coming out of Ronald Reagan, we're looking at now Herbert Walker Bush, right? We're we're looking at all this stuff, and and so even from a very young age, I have followed politics, and so there are some people that are beginning to wake up, and God bless them. That's 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 great. We need people that are engaged. We need people that are involved. We need people that want to not only, uh, you know, bitch and moan and, and, you know, yell at the wind, but we also need people who are willing to strap it up and get into the game. Uh, So many people that I've seen, not only school board, but county supervisors, you know, that told me in the spring and we did interviews and, and we did events and we did this stuff and they're like, well, hey, you know what? I didn't win, but you know what? I'm going to run next time. Why? Because I'm going to get my message down. I'm going to reach out. You know, And they really have this this pragmatic sense of, let's just get after it. Let's make things better. Let's stop crying and let's stop whining and pissing and fussing and cussing and all this stuff. And let's get involved. And that's awesome to hear. And so you you see this really interesting kind of um, dichotomy, really, when you're looking at folks. People who have just started waking up, meaning... They saw what happened maybe in 16, maybe they saw what happened in 20, maybe they saw what happened in 18, right? The midterms in 18. And they see these things and, oh, well, I, I just know this person's going to win. I just and, and they mix, probably to an unhealthy level, they mix their political thoughts, beliefs, with their religious thoughts and beliefs. And, and there's not a problem with that. But when you talk about, you know, this candidate is the God chosen candidate and this guy is a God fearing man and this person, and and it's like, you can just see where this is going. So if you know, and when I say, you know, I'm talking about people who really understand not only politics, but truly understand basic math. Okay. You knew that there were people running specifically on the gubernatorial side that did not have a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected. You knew probably from about May, I would say, that that was a two-person race. And you can fuss, cuss, holler, and call me a rhino, and call me establishment, and call me whatever you want. I don't care. That's the thing. I don't need your validation I'm just pointing you to things, and it just happens to be that I'm correct. And here's the funny part. I love this because I, I've been taking a lot of crap on social media lately uh, from some, I call them fake-riots, because they're not really patriots. They're just pissed off people who are yelling at the wind. They're not really understanding a basic premises like math, messaging, you know, financial things as far as what it takes to really get a candidate to get out there, right? And so they're, they're calling me. Oh, you're, you're just establishment. Oh, you're, you're just a rhino. You're supporting them and this, that, the other. And I said, well, I mean, really, come on, let's just, let's, let's really put all of our cards on the table here. I understand math. I understand polls. I understand trending. I talk surprisingly enough, I talk to a lot of people. And from about May on, this was a two person race. And no matter who's telling you what, unless it's the actual candidate themselves. No, we have a chance. You you didn't. You didn't have a chance. That's why you got less than 10% of the vote. You didn't have a chance. I'm sorry about that. Retool, regroup, you know, fund your money. Don't think you're a bad person. None, none of the none of the folks that run, oh my gosh, none of the folks that ran are bad people. None of the folks that run are evil. God bless them. I mean, they they put themselves out there, they worked their asses off, right? But in the end, it was only gonna be one. And in the end, what I said from the beginning was a man like Tim Michaels doesn't get into the race unless he sees something. A man like Tim Michaels doesn't look at everything that's going on and see Ain't nobody really excited about these people. At the time, it was Cleefish. At the time, it was uh, Nicholson. And at the time, it was Rantham. Uh, you had Fisher in there as well. And, and on the independent side, you had Joan Beglinger. So he, he looked at that, and I think he made a calculated decision and said, there's not enough excitement for these people, and I think the people want something different. He bet, and he won. And there's nothing wrong with that. And to the people that say, you know, well, I'm just going to write in this guy. <laughs> okay, you're, you're literally throwing your vote away. Good job. And it's not that you're throwing your vote away. I, I probably should rephrase that. You're just ensuring that Tony the Taiga uh, wins four more years because this is going to be close. And and all of the polling is telling us with with, uh, not only Michaels and Evers, but Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson, that all of these polls are telling us it's close. Uh, Michaels recently, as of this recording, pulled ahead still well within the margin of error. Ron Johnson pulled ahead still well within the margin of error. And, And we're making a sprint. We're making a sprint. And Really, what I what I wanted to talk about today is is we're going to do this build, and this build is coming. Uh, I think we're we are at like thirty six days, thirty seven days until the actual election. So we we have a build that's coming, and I'm just wanting to get folks to maybe think. I want people to prepare, and and we'll talk about prepping and things like that here in the coming weeks, but I asked a question on social media a couple of days ago, and I was pretty shocked by some of the responses that I got. So number one, I asked the question, what's your single uh, you know, most important issue? Now, there's no right or wrong, and, and I pushed back, and people got pissed off, because my question was, what's, what's the single greatest important issue? And there were some that said a lot of different things. There were some that said elections uh, integrity, that was super important to them, and I get it. Um, Other people, you know, talked about the economy, supply chain, crime, uh, things of that nature, abortion, you know, things of that nature. And what I could see is we don't have or nobody has focused us in a cohesive manner. And that's a failure on the RPW. That's a failure on the Michaels campaign. That's a failure on the Johnson campaign. We're not on the same and we're not singing from the same sheet of music. And that could potentially be an issue come November because when you look at all of this stuff... We should be committed to the same concepts, the same things, and we should be hammering those home. There is no Democrat running anywhere in the country right now, with the exception of some of the southern border town Democrats who have really begun to separate themselves from the party uh, down in Texas and Arizona. Um, There is no Democrat in the country that can put anything out there that has to do with the positivity of this economy. They simply can't. Inflation out of control. We are raising, at the time I recorded this, uh, 75 percentage uh, points, 75 points, which is uh, you know just under one point on interest rates. The Fed, who really controls the government anyways, let's be honest because they control the money, the Fed raised interest rates again. So you're looking at now, I think it's 7.1%. You're looking at the stock market just tanking, going from 37000 to roughly 28000 in the last, say, 18 months since President Putin brains took over. And you're looking at all this, and there's no way any Democrat can run on anything positive about the economy. If the conservative right can come up with good plans... Good cost saving, good job growth, things that are going to ease supply chain, things that are going to ease the price of fuel. If any Democrat can do can any Republican can do that, they will slam dunk on any Democrat that they're running against. Yet everything is splintered. If they can run on crime, crime is absolutely at a horrible peak right now. We are finally starting to really get a gain, get and gain an understanding of what the Summer of Love in 2020 gave us with the beatification of St. Saint, uh, Saint George. <laughs> uh, really, um, I, will, I will say this. Crime is probably the biggest opportunity that conservative Republicans can win on and carry that message into 2024. Another uh, poll that I put up and got some feedback on on social media was, how long does it take to right the ship? How long will it take to correct this? How long will it take to See things like our four hundred and one k start to rise again. Mine is down almost twenty percent. How long will it take the price of fuel? You know, the price of fuel, if you haven't seen, has been inching up and up and up because it was an artificial thing that they did when Biden released uh, oil from the strategic oil reserves. Not only did he put us at a horrible position strategically when we talk about uh, you know global wars and things of that nature, but he artificially dumped the price down a little bit just so he could basically buy the uh, midterm election because he wanted to ease that pain because we're getting up to five, six, seven dollars in some areas, specifically in California, uh, New York, and, and some other places. But if you haven't noticed, that stuff is inching up. If you haven't noticed, they're still sending a shit ton of money to the Ukraine. And and listen, I, I really think that that when you look at all of this stuff, it is going to take some time. It is going to take some time to heal this and what you're really looking at is getting hopefully control of the House and the Senate it looks like the strongest bets can be made in the House flipping anywhere from 20 to 70 seats and then you look at a there there's there is a path to it although unlikely where we do get to 52 53 maybe 54 in the Senate which gives us control of the Senate however What it doesn't give us, as far as a conservative right, Republicans, it doesn't give us anything that's filibuster-proof, and it doesn't give us anything that's veto-proof. So, you know, President brains or whoever's pulling his strings on a marionette can veto or just let things sit on his desk. They sit on his desk for 10 days, they go back, and nothing is done. So we could have a complete gridlock in Congress if the Republicans take over on both sides, and now it's the fight with Joe... And now it's the fight to get things done. That could be very, very difficult. So then you look at it on a local level. You look at things like Attorney General Josh Call. That guy has been a loser and a mistake from day one. I predicted that Eric Tony was gonna win and the reason why I predicted he was gonna win, because he took the job of crime to the people. He took the crime, we're going to take care of crime, we're going to do that. I'm not saying that Adam Jarko, who was a great guy, did not have a good message. I'm not saying that Karen Mueller didn't have a good message in the primaries. But when you're talking about COVID, you're talking about going after doctors, you're talking about suing hospital systems, and you're really not talking about crime in the traditional sense muggings murders rapes carjackings and you're not talking about those things the public feels that pain on a day-to-day basis they feel that unsafe you live in Milwaukee you live in Kenosha you live in Wausau you live in Green Bay you live in some of these larger towns and it's not safe to walk out after a certain time at night there are certain places in the city you shouldn't go. I remember when I went out to the uh, um, uh, Truth and Courage uh, event with Ted Cruz and, and Ron Johnson and all the different deals. You know, there were people that told me I was bringing my daughter into Milwaukee. It was right down, downtown there. And they told me, they said, make sure you go have a good time. Make sure you're in back to your hotel, you know, around eight o'clock, around, around you know, uh, things get bad out there. Is that what we're living in? So when we talk about what we're going to do, the conservative right, when we talk about how we need to go, we need to understand that we could still be facing two more years of complete deadlock. We could be facing two more years on a federal level where, you know, if Kevin McCarthy gets to be the Speaker of the House, we kick out Pelosi. All right, Kevin McCarthy's the Speaker. I'm going to tell you this: If the Republicans choose to put Mitch McConnell back in the Senate, that is a major missed opportunity. Major missed opportunity for Mister Turkey Neck to take over and to do the things that he wasn't doing before. It's a missed opportunity. And if if and if he gets in, I you know it's going to make a bad situation even worse. Um, There are numerous people that I would like to see take over as far as, you know, the majority leader in the Senate. Um, But we'll see how that plays out. So you're looking at things on our federal level entering complete gridlock, right, going into the election season of 2024. Do we get Trump running again, Trump-Biden running again? I don't think we do. I don't think Biden runs. Um, And I don't know what happens with Trump or if he makes the decision that he's going to run again, or if he's gonna play kingmaker, if he's going to play uh, vision caster, if he's going to play that sort of a role in politics, where he has a little bit more flexibility than being in the office of the presidency. I think there's arguments to be made uh, for and against it. Um, I'm not one of those people that says, well, Trump shouldn't run again. No, if he wants to run again, let him run again, and then we're gonna look at all things considered, and the people will vote, and then we'll go forward, right? But you have this deal where we have to understand how important it is on a local level. When most people are polled, the economy is number one, crime is number two. Crime is typically, when we look at that, we are talking about no bail, we're talking about low bail, we're talking about the decriminalization of some things for example the DA that got recalled in San Francisco you know they basically said listen we're not going to prosecute you uh, for petty theft they they brought the threshold of petty theft to anywhere under $1000 so what did that signal what did that signal to everybody What did that signal to the thugs, and what did that signal to all of these people out there, that if I can literally steal under $1,000, nobody is gonna pay me any mind, and they go in, Walgreens, CVS, Target, and just strip these places bare. Uh, and it's not just West Coast. I mean, I watched a video on the East Coast in Baltimore about uh, you know a bunch of, you know, 100 or so people run into a Wawa station and just completely ransack the place. And then in the same breath, you have all of the community activists that are upset because this is a food desert and we don't have the nice stores in, in, in these low-income areas. Well, you know why you don't have the stores in the low-income areas? Because they keep getting robbed. And a business is not going to be able to sustain itself as a business if it can't turn a profit, make money, and they're losing money because it's just walking out the front door. Because the political party in charge wants to be more progressive. And it's, it's not their fault That they're criminals they're people of color they're minorities they haven't had the opportunities we need to help them become better citizens and when they are caught you have no cash low cash bail we're talking about some capital crimes down in Texas where you're you basically killed a person and then you get low or no bond and You're out by the afternoon to go finish the job, find any witnesses, clean up what your mess was. Not to mention that if you do get bond, they never show up for court. So it's not like we're going to get a successful prosecution without a lot more issues with law enforcement having to go and now find this person. And then you read in their shootout with law enforcement. One officer is shot. One officer is killed. Why? Trying to apprehend a guy who was out on bond that had capital murder, he had warrants, they go to apprehend him, and he ain't going back. So combine all that with a summer of love in 2020 with the Most Peaceful Protest for St. George Floyd, and now we're having a problem recruiting cops. So wait a minute, I have to have a degree... I have to be physically fit. I have to take a psych evaluation. I have to go through a police academy. You're going to put me out on the street. You're going to handcuff me. When I do make arrests, when I do prevent, solve, or get crime, and I, and I do you know, catch a perpetrator, you're telling me that guy is out, and he's out the afternoon before my shift is even done? Look at New York. What a cesspool of crap because it's a complete revolving door. And then you have people that get out and it's like, oh, wow, this guy has, you know, 32 different bonds in four different states and we just gave him another one and told him to come back in three months. Crime is one of the most, I'm not going to say easiest because that's disingenuous. There's nothing easy. But it's an area where we can make the most noise. It's an area where we can make the most um positive change when you look at who are you electing as your sheriff who are you electing for your county judges who are you electing for your attorney general uh, again i come back to eric tony won because he got the endorsement of law enforcement he made this more about crime Karen mueller adam jarko good people hadn't ever prosecuted a a uh, a criminal That's not their type of law. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, they're not bad people. But listen, I wanted to do events with Eric. I reached out to him and, you know, we were trying to get things involved and he couldn't do it. Why? Because he was prosecuting a person who had blew up a meth lab and he was making sure they were going to prison. The guy was still an active district attorney taking care of business in Fond du Lac, right? And, and I thought to myself, that is the one thing that is going to hamstring him. Jarko, Mueller, they could be out Monday through Friday, all, all times, hours of the days. And let me tell you what, towards the end of the campaign, right before the primary, you could tell people were getting tired because they've been crisscrossing and doing all of this stuff and speaking and meeting people and shaking hands, kissing babies, all the great stuff, right? And I thought to myself, this guy is going to be hamstrung because he's still working, getting a conviction for a guy for murder, getting a conviction putting people away for meth labs. So when we talk about what can we do right now? You need to look at and you need to get involved and you need to understand who's running for sheriff, who's running for DA, who's running for county judge, who's running for AG. Those are the things that on a state level, state by state, we can make the greatest impact because I have absolutely no faith in the federal system, even though we win, yay, we got a red wave, all right, that's great, we got all these people that have promised us all these things. Listen, just by the nature of government, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to rebound that which was lost. It's going to take time to rebound with all of the supply chain issues. Listen, and this is, this is the prepping thing, right? This is, this is going forward. Understand, we are living right now on last year's crop. Many experts, many people are predicting 2023 is going to be very bleak because the crops that we have now, between the price of fuel, fertilizer, right? There's all these different things that go into this. There could be scarcity. There could be high prices. But if we combine economic hardship, if we combine food lines where people can't get food and you can't take care of your children, we will see a spike in crime. We will see good people brought to their nth degree And now they don't know what to do. We have got to turn the tide. And that's why I say this. Fakriots, listen to me. You're good. You're great. We the people. I understand. You want a voice. I get it. This is where we are at. Either get on board or sign papers and run. There's no third direction here. Either get on board, because we know, that's the thing, we know what we get with four more years of Tony Evers. You folks in Texas, you know what you're going to get if you make sense and vote for Beto, the fake Mexican down there in Texas challenging Greg Abbott. Now, Greg Abbott ain't a great guy, I'll just tell you that. I got a lot of issues with him. But you know what you're going to get with Beto. We know what we're going to get with Evers, because we've already got it. You look at Mandela Barnes. Do you realize what happens if we send Mandela Barnes to the Senate for six years? This is a six-year headache we will have consistently. States like Pennsylvania, states like Arizona, states like Ohio, states like Michigan. It is time to wake up and understand the best things you can do is look at your local races. Get involved and prepare. You know, I was talking to a very good friend the other day and he was telling me about, uh, you know, how much money is 401k is losing. And I asked him, I said, well, how much are you putting in? He said, well, I'm at 7% right now. I said, dude, you need to roll that back. All you're doing in this season of life right now, you're not building for retirement. You're just losing money. What sort of food supply do you have? Hey, I'm going to tell you this. My family probably won't like living on beans, but we can live on beans. We can live on rice. Why? Because we have several months supplied. Because we're trying to think ahead. People who don't plan, people who don't prepare are going to be at the whim of whatever the government says. When the government says, if you don't have report to this place and you look around and you go, wow, there's a lot of fencing here and you get inside, that's when they have you. Oh, Michael, that couldn't happen. Not in America. Happened in the 40s to Japanese. The best things we can do is, number one, take care of our families. Prepare for the worst. And if you prepare for the worst and everything turns up, rainbows and butterflies and unicorn farts and everybody's happy, then you just have a good supply of food. And that's great. Understand you need food, you need water, you need electricity, you need ways to procure that stuff, you need ways to protect your family, you need ways to protect them, not only uh, you know, from the cold and from the rain, but you need ways to protect them from folks who don't have. You know, It was interesting watching Ron DeSantis talk about uh, you know, the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, and that's just an absolutely horrible travesty, but I see him from everything I can tell. He is managing it very well. He's doing a very good job managing it. And he basically said, listen, we are a Second Amendment state. You may not know what you're going to pop up or who may pop up on the other side if you're coming to loot, if you're coming to rob, if you're coming to take from people who have already been taken so much from. Arm yourselves. Do it safely. Make sure you're ready. Prepare, prepare, prepare. And then get engaged. Second thing, get engaged. Get engaged in your community. Understand who your county supervisors are. Look at your county judge. Look at your sheriff races. Look at the AG race. Look at all of that stuff because we want candidates. We want people, when we put them in office, they're going to take a tough stance. They're going to deal with these thugs. They're going to deal with these criminals. They're going to deal with these people who want to take, 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 and not give, 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 and they're going to lock them up, and they're going to throw away the key well, we don't want to pay and put all these people in prison. No, of course we don't want to do that. But there has to be a line that is drawn. And you say, in a civilized society, when you break our laws, you pay for them. When you pay for them, that means you go to prison, you lose your freedom. End of story. We've got to make sure that we get this right. We've got to make sure, specifically in this midterms, In 2022, we get this right. And then we need to pivot and we need to start working our ass off for 2024. We really need to get involved in that. Spring elections are coming. I know here in Wisconsin, spring elections will be here before you know it. We'll be looking at another presidential cycle before you know it. And we have got to stay involved. Don't cry me a river because your preferred candidate didn't make it. Well, it was, it was this and it was dark money and it was... No, he didn't make it. They didn't make it. She didn't make it. I'm sorry. This is the game that is played. Well, I don't like their game. What other options do you have? Vote independent. Or put your ass on the ballot. Put your name out there. Let's see if you can do a good job. Because I'll tell you what, it's easy to bitch and moan and fuss and complain when your name isn't on the ballot. We got to get this right. We got to work hard. We got to unite. October is going to be very telling. Specifically in Wisconsin, specifically in Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Arizona, Washington State, a lot going on out there. And listen, if you're somebody that's a high net worth individual and you have money, you need to start making your money work for you. You need to start donating to these candidates. I, I, I like the, the, old, uh, the old adage, the biblical adage, and it basically said spreading the message to your own Jerusalem, J- Judea, and Samaria. If you look at that, what it's saying is you focus on your community and then you start working your way out. So start locally. You know, there are going to be some people running for office in the spring and they're going to need your money. They're going to need your support. They're going to need your time because they're running for county supervisor. They're running for school board. I mean, gosh, we're going to do a whole episode on education before the election. It's going to be amazing. But look and see, can I support these people locally? Can I give money to the Michaels campaign? Can I give money to Ron Johnson? Can I give money to Eric Toney? Can I give money to these candidates so that we have a valid shot at winning and we want to run up the score we don't want to win it by a thousand votes we want to win it by a hundred thousand that's the best way to get this taken care of you relentlessly beat them to death figuratively pablito shaking his head figuratively you have to make it so much of an overwhelming victim uh, an overwhelming victory that they have to pull themselves from the far left that they've gone and come back into the middle it's the only way they'll learn it's the only way they'll turn their back on the uh, bernie sanders only way they turn their back on the squad and aoc and all it's the only way they turn their back on because they say you are leading us astray this is not the democratic party of john f kennedy he would not even be recognized he wouldn't even be led into his party today it is not that party. It's gone so far to the left, and we are living in a socialistic hell with misery because of that. Where does it start? It starts with you getting involved. Well, everybody, I want to just appreciate you uh, listening to my rant, listening to everything we're talking about. We are in such an important time Please don't misunderstand me. Every election is important. But let me tell you what, these midterms specifically, very important. Reach out to the campaigns. Reach out to your local Republican County office and ask them, what can I do? Go and get signs and put them up in your yard. Uh, Give money. Go to talks. Show your support. Financially show your support. You know, when we get down to election day, go, go out to your local enterprise, your local Avis. You rent yourself a minivan for the day. Got seven seats. And you go around, you start picking folks. Up. Get your family members. Remember, get your aunt Pookie and uh, get them out to the polls. Remember what Obama said back in the day? It still rings true. If you have family members and they're not planning on voting, ask them why. Get out there. Do your research. Take care of business. And let's see this country change for the best. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. It is so glad to be back. I am so thankful that you guys listen. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you in the next time.